Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Family, family, we are here. We are back. This is Hurley Brown. The Get Down with Hurley Brown coming to you live from Merritt Island, Florida. Thank you. Welcome to the show. And man, we got a whole lot of stuff to cover this past or this past week, weekend. It has been crazy. It's been a lot of fun for all you football fans out there. Was that a game last night or was that a game? Man, that's what, that was one of the best championship football games I've ever got a chance to watch in per- well, not in person, but on TV. Nonetheless, it was a great game. Man, and I tell you what, Nick Saban, with what he's doing up there at the University of Alabama, the best in the business, the absolute best in the business. This is his sixth national championship, five national championships in the past nine years. Man, that is crazy. That's unheard of. But I tell you what, man, he's doing a great job up there. Extremely happy for those guys. You know, Calvin Ridley. Um, Jalen Hurts, even the guy Tua, the young freshman that came in, won the game for him. Man, it was a great game. But I tell you what, Georgia has nothing to be ashamed of. Georgia's got everything in the world to be proud of. They got a a bright future ahead of them. James Coley, Kirby Smart, Dallas Crawford, these are my guys. Man, hey, kudos to you. You guys did an amazing job, and we look forward to seeing you next year. Now, all this crazy stuff that's going on and the National Football League, in the world of football, National Football League, college football. We talked about Black Monday last week. And so all of a sudden, bam, John Gruden gets the job with the Oakland Raiders. I tell you what, man, hey, Oakland Raiders, if you're going to get rid of Jack Del Rio, you better have some, you better get a John Gruden. But they pulled it off. You know, my hat goes out to you. You know, hey, all those guys that were with Jack Del Rio staff, Hey, look, man, my heart goes out to you. I know what it, what it feels like. It's affected all these different families, and but I'm sure everybody's going to be okay. Jethro Franklin, man, you know how much I love you. Hang in there, my brother. I hope you get retained with the new staff. If not, somebody's going to get them a hell of a defensive line coach, arguably one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. So if you don't, if you're looking for a defensive line coach, if he doesn't hang in there with the Oakland Raiders, you better go get him. Hey. The Carolina Panthers lose to the New Orleans Saints, all right? We're going to talk about that in a little bit, okay? Then we're going to get into the playoff games this weekend. But first of all, what I want to do first, I got a very special guest with us, a young man that I just absolutely adore. Met this guy about five years ago, fell in love with him then. He reached out to me a couple of weeks ago on the show. And I'm just extremely excited to have you on the show, Mike. Now, we're going to continue with the show, but I want you, and I told you back then when you you talked about, you started to talk about your life, your story, and I I, I nipped it in the bud, okay? Because I wanted you to come back. I want us to do a whole show with just Michael White. All right? So, family, please welcome my main man, former Hurricane, NFL defensive lineman, Michael White. Mike, welcome to the show. How you doing? 
Man, I'm, hey, if I was doing any better, I'd be Michael Weiss. <laughs> I won't yeah, be like but, you when I grow up. <laughs> man, please. Hey, you'll be going backwards, homeboy. But anyway, hey, we got my main man, Kelvin. Snatched the man Harris with us. Kelvin, Yo. say hello to Mike Weiss, my guy. Hey, man, what's up, playboy? Kelvin, man, what's the, what's the knowledge, man? Hey, so man, Mike. just keep... Just keep the fight up every day, man. He stay positive. Man, you ain't got to tell Mike that. Mike been doing that probably as long as you and I have been living. But anyway, Mike, we're going we're gonna to get on with this interview. And, you know, again, there's some things that I want the audience to know. I'm, and I want them to know everything about you, Mike. Hey, man, there's no holes barred. Just we're going to come clean, correct. We're going to do what we call the get down. I mean, that's what we do on this show. To get down with Hurley Brown, we get down. And I wanted to come from you. And, um, and, and, man, and, and be as, man, be as livid and live as you can possibly be. Tell the family. Oh, yeah. So the first couple of questions I got for you, what, Mike, where are you from? I'm from Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, known as uh, the 757, the Seven Cities. You know, we got, uh, it, it's, a, it's basically seven cities put together that's really, really close. Uh a lot of crime, a lot of a lot of uh, drug dealing, things of that nature that go on there. We even got cities that, you know, let you know it's crime in there, like Newport News. They call it Bad News, Virginia. Uh, Norfolk, they call it Shark City. Portsmouth, they call it Pistol City. You know, so I come from I come from a bad area. Mm. So, so growing up in that area, Mike. I mean, you know, you don't have to tell us everything, but what are some of the things that you had to deal with on a daily basis? I had to deal with on a daily basis? Well, mo growing up, most of the time, what I had to deal with on a daily basis is staying alive. Wow. You know, staying alive is, was the was the best, was the, mo was the focus point because, you know, where we from, death, death is forever present. And what that means is, you can go any day. We we man, we probably had more shootouts than the Navy SEALs, man. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's that's not you know. Again, I can't sit here and say I know what that's like because I don't. You know, I'm I'm from Merritt Island, Florida. Y'all lived in Miami for a while, but I don't think Miami where we were in Miami. It's not like that. And don't believe all the 48. What what is that? The next 48 and all that other stuff. Miami is an amazing place to be, but Merritt Island is nothing like that. So I can't sit here and say that I understand or. I know what you're going through because I don't. And I'm hoping kinda, a lot of... I just kind of understand what he's going through because Fort Myers is similar to what he's going through. Man, Fort Myers is a country club. Ain't nobody shooting nobody in Fort Myers. Where you see that? Boy, you, you see what I have to deal with, Mike? But he just can't stop. He just got to throw Fort, Fort Myers out there like they some type of, you know, metropolis hey, or hey, shout something. Hey, shout man. out to first Fort Myers, though, man. I, man, all, all, like Miami and Fort Myers, all that, man. I had so much fun down there, man. It's a beautiful place to be, man. And it, it is some cities down there that get down there. Yeah, little areas. But that, come on, man. That, we talking about Michael White. We ain't talking about Fort Myers. We ain't talking about Kelvin Harris. We talking about Michael <laughs> Kelvin. Come on, man. Boy, you tell you, I don't know what I'm going to do with my, my co-host. But anyway, hey, Mike, what high school did you go to? I went to the Oscar Smith High School. Shout out to Oscar Smith High School. We are... We, we, we kind of like the Alabama high school football in Virginia. Wow. Yes, now, you have some great players come out of Oscar Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we won 
we won multiple uh, state championships. Uh, it's very rare that you lose there. If it is, if you do lose, you'll lose like Alabama lose. I I don't top, you know. But um, man, that that school right there taught me a lot, man. Uh, actually, okay. when I got to that school, actually I was an alternative school before I even stepped foot on Oscar Smith campus. You know, the hmm. the I was I, I learned that I was illiterate. And they put me in uh, ED classes. I was in emotionally disturbed classes. I'm ED, ED, ED. I'm the most ED person you probably ever meet in your life. <laughs> so when I got there, you know, I met my case manager. Her name was Miss Donna. Uh, you know, when she came into the principal office, she was like, hey, how you doing on your new case manager? She later found out that I couldn't read at all. Oh. Wow. What grade were you in, Mike? I was in the tenth grade when I started. Really? Because the rest of the time I was in jail. Wow. Oh. I was okay. in the tenth grade when I started. You were in tenth grade when you started the private school. No, I was in tenth grade when I started at Oscar Smith. Oscar oh, at Smith. Oscar Smith. Okay. Yeah, I was in the tenth grade, and uh, like I said, she found out that I was illiterate there. So she, she, but she knew. She learned that I could catch on to things really, really fast. So she started teaching me everything because she didn't want them to kick me out of school. She didn't want me to be another less less uh, person kicked out of school on the street, you know. So she didn't want that to happen. So uh, She didn't want you to be a statistic. Man, yeah. for some reason, the lady had a kind like she had a spot for me in her heart. I don't know why. I, don't, I still don't know why to this day. She even helped me throughout college. And... And where we come from, you know, usually, you know, Caucasian people don't do that. You know, yeah. so it was kind of weird to me that this lady that was Caucasian, uh, you know, felt for me the way she did. And she told me, you know, she found drugs on me one time. She told me that, you know, look, we're going to throw this away and you're going to straighten up your life because I want you to go to college and I want you to be somebody. Wow. And what was her oh, name again, Mike? Her name was Miss Donna. Miss Donna. Yeah. Mike, so you still in touch with each other? Man, that's my best friend. That's my mother. Mm. My mother my my real mother passed away. That's my mother right there. That's that's who I call mom. That's who I when I go back to Virginia, I go home and I walk in her door. Wow. Wow. That is that's, 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 a, that's a good story. So from high school you went to junior college. I went to junior college. What junior college did you go to? I went to East Los Angeles College out of high school. Where when I went to L.A., you know, L.A. notorious, known for, you know, gangs and you know, things of that nature. And the, where, my, where my junior college was, it was in the middle, the heart. Oh, yeah. Of foolishness. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like I'm wow. talking about you got M S thirteen over there, you got you got the rolling sixty crypt down the other end, you got forty crypt down the other end, you got twenty crypt down the other street, you got the you got the um the bloods around the corner, Pyru, all that other stuff. And you in the middle of all that. Mm -hmm. Going to school. So, so that's when I met you when you were going to East Los Angeles Junior College. That, that's when, and we started recruiting you, and um, yeah. 
There, there was a story. You, you, you come to the University of Miami. We, we ended up signing at the University of Miami. And, but in that process, um, Coach Al Golden, Coach Jethro Franklin, Coach Brennan Carroll, those guys spent a lot of quality time with you. And I remember Coach telling us about your story. As a matter of fact, when I talked to you one night, you, you were telling me, and you and I got a chance to talk about your story because Coach Franklin had come back. And he had told us, hey, look, man, this kid is extremely special. He's a fighter. We got to get this kid in our program. Not only is he a great football player, but he's somebody, man, that I really want to take under, under our wings and teach him as, as young men. And that was one of the things that was so important to Coach Franklin was he felt that you needed mentors because of your story. So when I got a chance to read the story, I'm sitting there literally, Kelvin, I'm, I, I got tears in my eyes because I'm sitting there saying, how can this kid, you know, how can he, how, how did he overcome all of this? And family, you, you just heard some of the stuff that he was just talking about, but we're going to take a break. But when we come back, you know, I want, I want you to give the family your entire story. You know, we talked about where you came from and all that other stuff, but then I want you to talk about the path that you took and how you ended up where you are right now. So we're going to take a break, Mike, and um, we'll come back. Family, we'll come back and we're going to continue with our distinguished guest, Mike White. And um, and, and again, I think it's an amazing story and you got to hear it. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're diving into planning your 2018 outdoor adventures. Find out about prime DIY hunting opportunities across the country. Get the how-tos of applying for tags and listen for advice from the pros who hunt full-time. Joining us is Kevin Steele, host of Peterson's Hunting Adventures, Jeremy Millette with Silencer Shop, Mrs. Bunny, and more. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we are back. 
Family, we are back here with Michael White, my main man, one of my former players down at the University of Miami. And we're just sitting here listening to Mike's story. And I know the story, Mike, but please share your story with our family. And, you know, and again, man, get down with it. Right? Just just come come read. Get down. All right. So you want, you want me to talk about, like, as far as where I grew up at? Yeah, tell, tell us the story up. about how, yeah, with, with the gang stuff and how, you know, you were fighting your rival gang and you and your you and your, your homeboy met up again and, you know, your mom, okay. I, you all know, right. all, all right. just give well, us that. Like I, like I said, you know, growing up in South Norfolk, it was a lot of things, you know, that a child wasn't supposed to see. I grew up in a drug family. My mother actually... Came home from prison before I was born. She did four years for drug trafficking. And a, a man come busting through the door. The man come busting with a, through the door with a, with a big pistol in his hand, 357 Magnum to be exact, running from the police. And she told him, you know, like, what's going on? She ain't want no problems because she just got out of jail. So she nervous. She nervous. So she told him, look, man, whatever we got going on right now, let's try to figure it out, you know what I'm saying, and let's see what we can do. I just don't want nothing crazy to happen. He said, well, the police behind me, can you get them off me? She said, all right, cool, because I don't want you shooting out with the police right here by my house and all that. So he went to the back. She got rid of the police. They came to the door. She told him she hadn't seen nobody and all that. They left. He comes out. He says, uh, he says, thank you. Uh, here come two grand. I appreciate you. She said, no, nah, I don't want your food. She said, are you hungry or anything? He said, yeah, but I only got 15 minutes. So the 15 minutes turned into an hour. The hour turned into all night. They were just talking, having fun, laughing, getting to know each other. So they started hanging out every day. They started hanging out every day. They began dating and all of that. Come to find out, this man that I'm talking about is my father, by the way. Wow. <laughs> so, so your mother met your father because he was running from the police and he busted in our house hey, with a 357. Story, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an amazing love story. But it's nothing <laughs> it's short than, you know, your, your story in itself, Mike. I mean, because... And again, all right, so, so let, let's continue, because, again, I, I, I need the family to understand and know so, what, what makes so, you uh, So after that, my father, you know, and my mother ended up getting into an argument because she had later found out that he was young, and he, did, he lied to her about his age. You know, my mother was 34 years old. My father happened to be 16 years old at the time. Oh! What? Yeah. Wow. So my mother quickly got the hell on, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, she didn't want, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you can get caught. Yeah, I mean, she, she get charged I mean, yeah that's, like that's that. a statutory rape, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so she, she got on soon as she heard about that. And then later, come to find out, she go to the doctor and find out she pregnant. She pregnant with you? She pregnant with me. So she kept it from him because she knew how young he was and all that. She didn't want nothing to do with him because he was a very dangerous man. You know, he went around, you know, like I said, my father my father was a kingpin drug dealer from North Carolina. Wow. 
Mm. You know, and uh, you know he did he did a lot of things. So and he was considered really really dangerous out there in, in Virginia. Uh, so my father ended up, you know, he ended up finding out because he ran into my mom's mother in the store. He was actually okay. going. He a Dallas Cowboys fan. He was actually going to get some beer to to watch the Cowboys game. He ran into my grandmother. That's she deceased now. He ran into my grandmother. She told. He said, "Hey, how you doing? Long time no see." She said, "You need to go see your son." He was like, "What son?" So she she was like, "Just go see your son. Here's the address." So he, he automatically wow. knew that my mother was pregnant and all that. He he kind of already figured out what was going on. So he went over there and bust in the door. I think my daddy got a busting in people's door problem. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> he bust in the door again, took me, took my clothes and left. My mother ain't say nothing. Uh, he took me back to my grandparents' house to meet my grandma and granddad for the first time, you know, where they instantly fell in love with me. You know, and, uh, yeah, my How old were you, Mike? When I met my grandparents, I was almost two. Okay. I was almost two when I met my daddy. Okay. And uh, the little bit of time that I got to spend with them was was crazy because I kind of remember flashes of some of the things that we did. Right. Not everything, but hmm. I kind of remember flashes. And and uh, after a while, you know, time went on. I want to say a year later. My daddy got sentenced to 40 years in prison for mm. murder. Oof. My daddy got sentenced to 40 years in prison. Me and my mama went on about our life. We went on about our life, and uh, she met this other man that was extremely abusive to her. Uh, I watched him stab my mother. I watched him hit my mother upside the head with a chair. I watched him hit my mother in the face so hard. He almost, almost broke a bone in her face. He hit her so hard. You know, I had to watch all this every day, all day. He come home to get drunk just to beat my mama up. You know, uh, both of them got hooked on drugs. You know, my mother, like I said, my mother used to sell drugs, and then she got hooked on it, But I, I mean, along with him. So we ended up getting put out of our apartment, you know, and uh, we ended up on the street. We ended up on the street. We ended up sleeping at friends' house. We ended up sleeping in the park. We ended up sleeping everywhere, you know. How old were you there, Mike? I was fast forward. I was about eight years old then. Wow. So playing out in the neighborhood, playing out in the neighborhood, you know, I'm seeing, you know, we we didn't have football players in our neighborhood like that. When we did play football, it was throwback and run. Everybody was just athletic anyway just because of right. back and run, and we played basketball out of the neighborhood, but we never seen organized football or basketball. So, you know, our, our idols was the dope dealers. Our idols was the killers because that's what we thought that we that we was going to be up and grow up to be because that's all we had to look up to. Right. Now, Mike, when did your mom take sick? Was that? When did your mom take sick? I, I remember the story. She had gotten sick. My mom got sick after she uh when a couple friends let us live a couple friends let us stay with them. She woke up one night and said, "Hey, I'll be back," and never came back. The wow. next time I seen my mama, I was in high school. She came mm. back paralyzed from the neck down because the doctor told her if she didn't start using drugs, 
it was going to kill her. It didn't kill her, but she had four strokes back to back. Wow. Oh. And it almost wow. killed her. So, so you're in high school when you... She paralyzed from the neck down. Mm, she mm, was. Mm. She paralyzed from the neck down. You know, me and her ain't have a great relationship at first because I was angry at her that she left me with some people I ain't know. You know, and, uh, you know, but after that, we started building a bond. We started building a relationship. And uh, after that, it was time for me to go to junior college. I ended up making honor roll for the first time in my life. I ended up, uh, you know, you know, giving up the street life. But then um, giving up the street life, one thing about giving up the street life when you're always in it, you always got to watch out because you still got things out there. Even though you're trying to correct your life, you got to realize people out there still fucking Right. Still trying to get you. Right. So I have forgot about that, and I'm on the corner with my girlfriend one day. A jeep pull up, pull out his gun, and he say, "Don't move." I I ain't had my gun on me at the time. My gun mm. was my gun was like a couple steps from me. I had put it on the ground. So you you carried a gun. Oh, I carried a gun every day. That was part of my wardrobe. My, ward, my wardrobe. Mm. Every day. All right. So he pulls a gun out on you. He pulled a gun out on me, and he started just shooting. Boom, 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 boom. He started shooting, and I'm backing up to try to get mine. If I never turned my head, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. I just, it just left a scratch on me. If I would have never turned my head, it would have went straight through my skull. Hmm. Now, this so I grabbed him, and I started shooting back at him. I don't know if I killed him, but I'm pretty sure I tried to, I'm pretty sure I hit him. Wow. This was in Virginia or in L.A.? This in Virginia. Oh, okay. So how, and how old are you now at this time? Oh, man, I was 14. Wow. I was 14. So, so you in a full-fledged shootout. The area, you know, uh, I was selling drugs. I was the man around there. I was playing football. I had my drug operation going. I had, you know, making noise in football. When it was time to go to college, I... I, I I made good grades, but I didn't have enough time to qualify because of all the things that I've done, you know, in the past, you know, hindered my high school education. So I didn't have the qual I didn't have the qualifications to go to D- Division One school. And I had Clemson, and everybody wanted to offer me a scholarship, but they was like, man, he just ain't got the qualifications. So I was like, man, I'm going to junior college. He told me it was in California. I was like, man, I ain't never been out the state before. So mm, wow! I, I you, you, you knew you had to do something different. I only got one night to live. I ain't gonna be missing none here. I took right. that flight across there. I'm the best player on the team. I'm getting all the scholarships in the world. I'm in. I'm in the most notorious street, Figueroa, for gangland. They shot gangland there. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm sleeping in the locker room. Wow. The best player on the team, the number one player, one of the top players in the country in junior college, sleeping in the locker room. And to this uh, Navy SEALs guy came and uh, let me stay in his house. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the meantime, so now mom is still back in Virginia, paralyzed from the neck down. So I call her. I call her. Hey, mom, hey, man, I'm trying to call and tell her about all these scholarships. I can't believe I got them. I don't even know where to start. I ain't never worried about no college. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I, I never knew that I was going to really be going to Division One school. I was just trying. I knew I had the ability, but I ain't never knew I was going to get to this point. You know? So I'm calling. The, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on the phone. I'm proud. I'm like, hey, Ma, hey, look. I got all these scholarship offers. My sister answered the phone. She like, hey, Mike, um... Hey Mike, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to uh, hold on, hold on. Let's um, let's take a break, and and we're gonna come back and finish this story up. All right, I just got noticed we need to take a break. So anyway, hey family, we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, we'll finish up with Mike White and this, this amazing story. It's a very touching story. I would you know. And again, man, it, it's just tough. But and again, I know the story. It's still tough. So we're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we'll. Continue this story of Mike White. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. is the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show and family we are back we are back with, with my guest uh mike white and uh M- mike was a a player he actually played for me at the University of Miami, defensive lineman, big old dude. And, um, you know, Mike was just one of those guys that he, he, he had everything that an athlete or a defensive tackle would need in order for him to succeed. But there was something holding him back. And it was almost like he kept sabotaging himself. And one of the phrases that we use, especially coaches and guys like myself that are out there and we're dealing with young kids, and we see it all the time, and a lot of you see it. There's so many negative things that happen to a young man in his lifetime 
that he almost doesn't believe that he's supposed to be successful. So he's a he's afraid of of success, the fear of success. And so when you get a chance to to listen to a guy like Mike and you hear his story, you know, it's it's so unfortunate. But these stories are real. This isn't choreographed, you know, this isn't written. I mean, this is real life stuff. You talk about a young man whose mom had been in prison for trafficking code, for trafficking dope, ends up meeting her baby's father because he's running from the police, then finding out that he's half her age, then father comes back and kidnaps the baby. I mean, this is real stuff. And again, we're sheltered from it, but it happens too often. So when you get a chance to touch a young man, especially a young man like Micah, make an impact in his life, please do so. So Mike, so now we are, you are in junior college and your sister calls. Yeah, my sister called. My sister called and uh, like I said, I'm, I'm calling my mother, you know, about to tell her, hey, hey man, we about to make it big time to, to, to a big school. I finally, I finally got it right. And I'm, I'm doing what I gotta do. You know, I was so excited to call her and tell her. You know, and then my sister picked up the phone and she said, hey, Mike, um, I got to talk to you about some things. I was like, what is it? What, what mom? I got, hold on, let, let, me talk, let me talk to mom first. She's like, well, you, you're not going to be able to talk to mom. I was like, why? She was like, well, um, mom's not doing too well. I was like, what you mean you're not doing too well? I just talked to her the other day. She was like, uh, well, mom is on life support machine and... They expected her to be, you know, basically passing. Mm. I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. I was Man, like, "What?" what I mean, why, 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 why she passing right now? Because I, I went over here, you know, we, you know, we got, we got back cool, and I went over here, you know, f- you know, to try to buy a house. I, I, like, 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 I, I did everything that they like wanted me to do. Like, why me? My dad right. already in prison. Like, what's, what, 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 why me? Right. Wow. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, I, I mean, I done been through the dirt. Like, what, what, what's going on? Like, I'm not understanding. Right. You've done everything that they've asked you to do. You've turned your I've life done around. Everything they You're asked back on the right do, track. Man. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> hmm. Why is my mom about to leave now? So hmm. I fly back across the country. I get to the hospital. I see nothing but sad faces. Nothing but sad faces. I'm the only one in there not crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I done been down this road before. My best but you, you have two older killed. sisters, though, right, Mike? Huh? You have two older sisters. I got, I got three older sisters. Okay. I'm the only boy. Okay. And my baby too. <laughs> so you get to the hospital. Everybody's in tears. Everybody. You thinking she's I'm the passed. only one not crying, and they right. They telling me how strong I am. So I go in there and I, I look at my mother. I kiss my mother. And then the doctor, you know, everybody looking at me because I'm the male figure in the family that's actually doing something. So everybody look at me as to answer all the questions and, and, and make decisions, especially my sisters. I'm the only male in their life. They never had their daddies in their life. So they look up to me even though I'm the younger brother. Mm. So... 
I went in there and talked to the doctor. The doctor said, hey, look, man, basically, to keep it real, your mama's dead, man. I, I'm sorry. Your mother's dead. She, she, she's breathing 1% by herself. Wow. There's nothing else we can do. But she's on a, on on the life preserving machine. Life support. Yeah, like it, it was life done. Like you take it off, she gonna take her last. You take it out, she gonna take her last breath. It's over. Last with. breath. Yeah. So I so I, I told her. So I had. So when he told me that, it was almost like <laughs> it was almost like being in a national championship game, calling the last play. You know how nerve wracking that is. Oh man, you hit, no, I don't know, and I don't want to know. You know, man, unfortunately, so my mom is no longer with us either. But we weren't in that situation, right? And and so you have your three life. sisters, everybody I sitting there looking at you like, "Hey, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" And you had to make that decision. I said, "Go ahead, and let her go home, Doc." How old were you, Mike? At that time, when my mama died, I was. I was night. I was night. I just turned twenty. I just, just turned, turned 20. twenty years old. So you're a twenty year old man sitting there with the biggest decision of your entire life on whether to to take your mom off this life support machine or to leave on that and allow her to be, you know, alive, allow her to be kept alive through a machine. But you had to make that decision to let your mother go at twenty years old. Yeah. Twenty years old. Wow. And, and that's the story that I remember, Mike. Now we, we're gonna flip to, and again we're gonna we're gonna get into some better stuff, you know. And again, man, my heart goes out to you. Um, you know, I, I I know what it's like to lose a mother. I lost mine. Yeah. But I don't know what it's like to be the one to make the decision to lose your mother. So. Yeah. But you come to the University of Miami, we get you. Um, Coach Golden has to write a bunch of letters and. You know, go to the dean of discipline and go to the president and stuff to get you enrolled in school, and which he was able to do. But that's what he does. You know, he takes pride in that, giving kids a second chance at life, and and he yeah. did that for you. And and you know, I was fortunately a part of that process was, myself. It was tough too. Entire, it was tough. I know too. it was because again, I was, I was we all read. I was thinking that I was going to be, you know, on the college visit. You know, I ain't never been to no college visit before. Right. And they had me trapped in a room the whole time. Asking oh, me yeah, questions about know. my past, about guns, because I, I had wow. a gun charge, I had wow. this charge, wow. I had that charge. They was like, man, they basically were like, bro, you was a menace that ain't been caught yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell like, you what, how man, did we, you get we, to college? Like, how did you get to this meeting right here? Like, see, and that's the thing, you, Mike. Like, so huh? all of that, all of the negative stuff, you were able to, to take that, and and again, so now. Now you're a motivational speaker, okay? Yeah. You go around the country telling all, telling everybody your story about the mom, your dad being 16 years old at the time they conceived you, you know, how he met your mom. And even, hey, man, in the 10th grade, you couldn't read. Nope. My, that's, that, that's strong. For you to be able to admit that, man, that's... <laughs> Dude, not a lot of people are brave enough are brave enough to, to admit something like that. So you're saying that, that, let's say 15, 16 years old, you can't read on a 10th grade level at least, all right? You end up, Miss Donna comes in, and she's your Wonder Woman. She's your knight in shining armor. She teaches you how to read. 
she gets you eligible to go to junior college because, again, we got got to remember, family, not just for all you young guys out there, don't think that you can go in and just screw up in high school and because of your athletic ability, you can still go to junior college. There are still certain requirements to get into junior college. Okay, so don't yeah, don't, don't don't take that as an out. Now, don't don't. That's not a cop. Like a two point five now, I think. Oh yeah, bro. Yeah. It's it's not it's not easy. So you're able yeah. to do that, Mike. And Mike, then you tell me. So me and you talking, Kelvin. We sitting there. Now I'm, I'm getting excited again because now I can talk about the good stuff about my main man, Michael White. So I'm yeah. sitting over there. I'm in Tampa, getting ready to call the game. I'm writing my notes and stuff down for the FIU Temple game, the bowl game, the the Gasparilla Bowl. And I get a text from my main man, Mike. Hey, coach, what's up? It's like, man, what's going on, Mike? So we text each other, bam. He told me, hey, I've been listening to your show or whatever, man. You got your own show, bam. We talking. He said, I said, yeah. I said, Mike, I've been seeing your pictures on Facebook. And he starts telling me, yeah, I'm a motivational speaker now. I said, man, you got to be kidding me. Because I saw you talking to a couple of kids, you know, in, in different situ- situations. And and I so I, let's get back. Let's flip to how you met Walter Bond and Les Brown. Okay. Ooh, Les Brown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. You know, so, yeah. so just tell us real quick. We ain't got a whole lot of time, but tell us about this real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close this up. So uh, I'm at home. I get a call. You know, hey, man, hey, well, hey you want to come to this conference and, uh, and uh, you know, tell your story? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I ain't got nothing else to do. So I get to the conference and I get up on stage. And I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm nervous as hell in front of all these people. I'm like, oh man. So I'm nervous to the point that I don't even want to go out there because I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't really supposed to speak. To be honest with you, I was just supposed to just watch other speakers because I was just trying to learn how to speak because that was something that I wanted to really get into, you mm-hmm. know. But I, but I wasn't really ready for it like I thought I was. So one of the guys ain't sure. He was a former first-round pick for the Browns. He was a running back. And uh, he didn't show up. I guess he had family issues. And they were like, hey, Mike, where you filling in for him and we're going to pay you to speak? I was like, huh? They were like, yeah. I was like, all right. So I get up there, I get up there, once I got the mic in my hand, man, it was like second nature, and I was just rapping up there, like, it was, it was, it won't like no regular motivational speaker, it was, it was, it, I bought like a new swagger to motivational speaking, it was mm-hmm. like my own lingo, and people, even the people that never went through that was like, damn. Right. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Mike, and, and, and here, here's the deal. Um, we we got to take a break, and I'm going to say this before we take a break, and then when we come up, we're going to close with Michael White. But, Mike, I, I heard Luther Vandross speak one time, a long time ago, and he was doing an interview, and they asked him, well, how do you, you know, how is it that you sing so well? And Luther said, that's God. He said, all I do is just yeah. open my mouth, and God comes out of me. So, my brother, what I'm here to tell you, is, is sometimes we can't under, uh, we can't explain or understand what's going on. Were you prepared? Yes, you were. God prepared you. Ain't nothing that you yes, did. You All you did was follow His lead. So yeah, it was an anointing. Exactly, a divine intervention. 
So, but that's what you are. God took you through all of this. And I'm going to preach to you for a minute before we take this break. God took you through your entire life story so that you can continue to tell this story so that other young men and women out there who have a very similar story do understand and know that there is light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah. We can all live the American dream through God. So, but anyway, we're going to take this break and we'll be right back and we're going to close up Mike Weiss and then we're going to get on with the rest of this, you know, this football stuff, national championship, firing of coaches. But anyway, we're going to take a break. You'll be back with the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And family, we are back with my main man, Mike Weiss. Mike. So, in the 10th grade, you learned you were illiterate. Um, you've been at 14 years old. You're carrying a gun to survive every day. You get a chance to go to junior college, Miss Donna, and Miss Donna, wherever you are, thank you for your kind heart and and taking care of our young brother. You go to junior college. You end up having to pull the plug on your mom. You go to the University of Miami. You end up signing a free agent contract with the with the Green Bay Packers. Am I correct? Lonzo Highsmith. Yes, sir. Alonzo Highsmith is now the vice president of the Cleveland Browns. Congratulations, Alonzo. Extremely happy job, for Robert one of our Gary. brothers. Yes, sir. Yeah. And now you run into Les Brown and 
was mother guy's name, Walter Bond, who were two of the, I guess, greatest motivational speakers in, in the world. And that um, does a damn thing, yes. Oh, yes, sir. Glad it's night, baby. But anyway, yeah. hey, so, so now, Mike, now you're telling your entire story to people all around the country. Last time we talked, you said you, you're booked almost every weekend in, in, the, in, in the year 2018. Okay, so, Mike, again, man, your story is an amazing story. I understand you got a book. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the name of your book I is? Do. The name of my book is called The Intelligent Hoodlum. It's coming out soon. The reason that it's called the intelligent hoodlum is because it's about a kid. It's about a young boy that grew up in the hood, you know. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of kids that didn't grew up in the hood. But it's about a young boy that grew up in the hood that, you know, had to survive. Right. Had to, you know, overcome adversity. Tupac. Know, had to look life right in the face and fight, fight life every day. You know, as a child, as a five-year-old child, and then you know, learning how to be an educated man. Wow. You know, and 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 going to college. You know, basically, it don't it don't matter where you start is where you finish at. Just because you don't see a light then, don't mean it ain't a light for you. Right. It's coming out. Right. Well, I tell you, you what, Mike. Let's keep going forward. My brother, let your light shine. Let your light shine. You continue to do what you're doing. Mike, you have a platform on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Whatever your experiences may be, whatever advice and stuff that you want to give to these kids, man, because we need you. Right here in Merritt, and I know we joke and laugh about, you know, hey, Chesapeake, Virginia, the 757, and I talk about, you know, tease Kelvin about Fort Myers. But in every, I can almost say in every in a city area where there's poverty, there's some type of crime. And our young brothers out here killing each other. And man, it, it, it's sad. We got the same problems right here in Merritt Island. I'll be the first to tell you. But um, we need to address it. We need to talk about it. It needs to be a topic of conversation. And we need to do whatever we can to help get these young kids out of those areas and help educate them and teach them that, hey, there is a better life. But anyway, in the meantime, Mike, hey, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us, for coming, you know, being a part of Get Down with Hurley Brown. And again, Mike, like I said, anytime you want to be on this show, man, you call in, you let us know, and my brother, you got the platform to do whatever it is you got to do. But for the rest of the show, we're going to talk about this good football stuff that's been going on these last couple of days, especially this, this last night. Man, hey, Let's look. do it. Man, that, that, again, Kevin, and it came out on Facebook today and everybody was talking about it. But our 1989 team, 1987-89-91, would have beat the brakes off either one of those teams last night. Man, let me tell you something. Well, first let me say this. Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart need to have their toes strung up letting that last play happen. But yeah, man, they teams, yeah, I mean, we would have stressed the field on them and run the score up because yeah. the DBs yeah. on both teams were suspect in the coverage. And... I told somebody today that they need to check the bank account on number 14 for Georgia, uh, the, the Paris kid, because it almost looked like to me he was point-shaving. He was playing so bad. I mean, Oh, wow. Bad. Not point-shaving. Okay, hey, but listen. <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you what, and again, man, kudos to Nick Saban for what he's done. And, and the coach, the, the coaches, 
under Nick Saban. Let's just run through this list real quick before we get out of here. The coaches under Nick Saban, the coaches that have the, Nick Saban's coaching tree, Mike Haywood, Derek Dooley, all these guys are head coaches now or have been head coaches in the recent past. Mike Haywood, Derek Dooley, Bobby Williams, Billy Napier, um, Mario Cristobal, our boy, head coach yeah. at Oregon right now. Billy Napier just got Louisiana Lafayette job. Yes, sir. Jeremy Pruitt, now the new, the head coach at the University of Ten- Tennessee. Jim McElwain. Lane Kiffin. Right. Lane Kiffin, FAU, 11-3 and three his first year. Right Win the he conference championship. Will Muschamp. I mean, come on, man. Nah, Mark D'Antonio, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher. Man, that's, that's, that's a hell of a list of great coaches. But they did a great job last night. Now, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room, Mike, and y'all might get mad at me, especially you young boys. But, Mike, watching that game last night, great game, great game. But I'm all about entertainment. To me, the only part of the show that I did not like, the only part of the game, was the halftime performance. Oh, come on, man. Come on, bro. So, so, hey, wait, wait a minute. Man, I don't know so, what Kendrick was doing, man. Man, hey, dude, first of all, if you're going to have a halftime show, man, put on a show. How you going to bring out one guy, don't dance, all he do is stand up there and rap? That's not entertainment. That's not a show. Come on, bro. Come on, ain't no dancer. So that's why he should not have been the halftime show. Man, you got millions of people watching this show, watching this game, and this is the best you can come up with. So here's my deal. I'm going to say this deal. We're going to get out of here. Everybody knows the song, Hurley. Everybody, like, I was looking at my my news feed. All the people's like, that's my favorite song. I mean. Come on, man. That's not a halftime performance. When you say halftime show. Man, you come look, on, baby. So this is what I would have done. You, so here's this is what what has to happen. Whoever came up with that idea to bring up Kendrick Lamar needs to be reassigned. I'm not about firing anybody. I don't want to fire nobody, but they need to be reassigned. You need to hire to get down with Hurley Brown because this is what my halftime show would have been. It would have been Kid Rock singing Sweet Home Alabama. All right. And he's got a whole entourage of people up there with him. Sweet Home Alabama. And then it would have been Jamie Foxx performing. George on my mind, Ray Charles. That's funny. Now that's a halftime show, Mike. What they did that's last night, but you keep that. But last night, Mike, you it would have been man? Kid Rock, Sweet Home Alabama, uh, Jamie Foxx singing Ray Charles's "George on My Mind." That'd have been the best halftime show in the history of halftime shows. But anyway, family, well, that's reason, our show for the day. What'd you say, Kelvin? The reason why they picked Kendrick Lamar is because everybody knows him and that song. Man, I don't care what song he saw, what song he sang. <laughs> I don't care. It was not entertainment. When you do a halftime hey, show, it has to be entertainment. You've got to be up there laughing, dancing, hanging, having a good old time. You could have brought back Justin Timberlake y'all, and, y'all Jan, and Janet else? Jackson. Now, we got to go. We got to go. You hold, hold on to that thought until the next show. But anyway, family, it's been real. Mike, again, thank you, my brother. We love you. Continue to do what you're doing. Tell Les Brown and Walter Bond. Hey, bro, whenever they're ready, they can come on and get down with the Get Down with Hurley Brown. But anyway, that's been our show, family. Much love, Coach Hurley. I love you, man. Love you too, my brother. Next week, same time, same Get Down time and Get Down channel. The Get Down with Hurley Brown signing off. 
Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week. 